It's the show that makes us talk. So, Willie, why is ice cream so bad at tennis? I have no idea why. Because they have a soft serve. <laughs> what about our life? With Percy Will, Season 2. another great episode of what about our life with Kristen will how are you hi yes we are in extremely good mood today i'm not going to tell you why but we are in extremely good mood just use your imagination let me just put it to you that way <laughs> yes this week we are talking about discovering our niche and a long road home wow which has a lot of different definitions that can go with it i guess um so but the first one that comes to mind when we talk about long road home seems to be pride. I don't know why. Wow. Pride comes yeah. in there. So let's talk about pride a little bit. What do you what, what what do you think pride means to you? To me, it's understanding your true identity. It means being skillful, but at the same time, understanding your true worth and what you contribute to everyday life. Absolutely. I think uh, for me, pride is just who you are. Yeah. I mean, one of the things of it is, is, you know, you have to, you have to be happy with who you are. Yes. I mean, don't change who you are based off of something else or someone else, because you know what, those people and those things, they have their own pride. They became who they are because that's what they chose. So you choose who you want to be and go down that path and direct your life the way you need to direct it because that's what's important. I mean, even if you don't fit in or even if you don't look a certain way, then who cares? Exactly. You know, keep your own style. We've said this before. Keep your own style. Mm -hmm. I know for me, it's always, you know, because Willie is so freaking skinny. <laughs> and for myself, I'm not overweight, but I'm not skinny. So I find myself sometimes looking in the mirror trying to compare myself. And then I have to go back and remind myself, hey, no, you can't do that. Because, you know, Willie's body is built a certain way. And so is mine. So but you're talking about that. And as you know, Chris, there have been many a times where I thought, okay, maybe because I'm skinny, you know, maybe I... I have an insecurity with that, you know, that it looks a certain way or it's like, you know. Oh, but I think but insecurities come from the fact of saying that you're comparing to someone else. Exactly. So you create an insecurity yep. on your own because mm -hmm. you're too busy trying to mind their pride instead of your own. Yeah. So I think that's that's why we do that. And it's very common because social media is such a big thing now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know how all these grand so-called Instagram models became models overnight because that seems to be what they do now is everybody is a model in their own rightful way. So mm -hmm. I guess because we see more of that and it's more available to us than it used to be in the, in the day, uh, we kind of lose our pride because we're too busy wanting to be something. You look at else. one, like if one is posing, you look at not only what they're wearing, but you also like compare different things and you're like, but that's not me. So then if you try to be them, 
you're only going to be setting back more of because that's not you. Yeah, you are you, know, you. And that's kind of like with what we do. You know, our show is liked by many, but some don't like it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and that's okay. That's totally fine. Because you know what? Um, the partners that we have in this business, they like us for what we produce and what we put together. So that's kind of like who you are. Our pride is based off of us and the life that we lead and the journey that we go on. So no matter what your journey is, be mindful for who you are really, really are. That makes a difference. Wow. I'm really happy you said that. And it's kind of like going and saying, you know, with being gay and all that, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There, it doesn't make you right. It doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make you in between. It makes you, you, Mm -hmm. that's, that's what pride is all about. And that, and you know, that's, I can't say any other other than being you be yourself and you'll get through life a lot easier and a lot better. Um, so what about discovering you? Oh boy. <laughs> That's a long journey in itself. Yeah. Uh-huh. But you and, know, I, I think we kind of do that as we grow older, we discover ourselves a little bit easier because, you know, you discover when you're crawling that you want to walk. So you start walking. Yeah. So, you know, as you gotten older as a teenager, you decide the friends that you want to be around, the things you want to do, the activities you want to do. And so you do that as an adult. You discover who you are and what interests you and how your body adapts to certain things. I think we've had this discussion many times. Our body is the one that direct delivers our life, directs our life, I was mm-hmm. going to say. Um, if we listen to our body a little bit more, then we're going to know way, where we need to be, yeah. you know, especially for myself. Sometimes I can eat certain meals And one day and then the next day I can go back to eat those same meals and my body says, oh, hell no. Uh, (laughs) And I'll pay for it because I'll spend the rest of the night either in the bathroom or throwing that crap up. So I think if we spent more time listening to ourselves and we're going to progress ourselves a lot easier. Well, that's also I mean, that's a physical thing. I mean, like in a mindful situation, um, I think that. Uh, either mental stress or if you want to call it anxiety or whatever, whatnot, you know, that's a well-being thing. And there are certain times that it's like, okay, just don't do certain things or, or you, it's not that you want to get rid of it. It's just step back and get a clear observation of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You understand life so much better when you're paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, Going to true friends. How do we know true friends? Uh, wow, that one. That's yep. a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, being in this business and stuff that we do, you know, we've gone through friends a lot because simply we thought that they were true friends, but turned out they just wanted a piece of our life. Yeah. Um, which is wonderful and all, but that's not real to us. And, you know, there are certain times where like way before, you know, any of any what we've done, I knew that, but experiencing that that's that's itself is oh gosh what do i want to say you have to experience it step back observe it non-judgmental yep pretty much pretty much i mean geez uh it's kind of like when people say oh when they find out that you're friends with certain celebrities and they're like oh my gosh you're friends with such and such and it's like yeah but they're normal people to Mm -hmm. us we met them when we met them, we might have been, oh, 
I can't believe I'm talking to this person. Right. But then when we got to know them, we started seeing more sides of them. And let me tell you, some of them, they, they ain't pretty when they outside the, that <laughs> image. And, you know, and you, you laugh at it because you know what? We're not pretty neither when we're outside that. And you're that talking image. about image, you know, exactly image. I mean, we're image is a sad thing. Yeah. But what I'm talking about is how you look. Cause you know what? I have to get fully dressed to go to the mailbox outside. It can't be a lazy day for me. If I'm going to step out in the public, unless I'm sick, if I'm really sick, then one, I shouldn't be stepping out in the public anyway. But if I'm really sick, then I won't get all, I don't want to say glammed up because I don't get glammed up anyway, but I wouldn't work on my looks, but on a normal regular day, oh gosh, I have to get dressed to go and do things. And I have a hard time um, not being dressed in a certain way, being dressed down, I should say, yeah. in front of friends, because I want them to see me in a certain way because I'm comfortable with that. That's not image. Right. That's just how I feel. And it's myself. not because of what they think about what you're wearing or whatnot, but it's about valuing it's like that, you know, you, your worth and that feeling. So what you, it's like, you do that for yourself. They're going to notice. Yes. And it's not going to matter what they think, but you know what you're feeling. Does that make well, sense? Well, a lot of people tell us they, they expect certain things from us because of how we do things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like for example, when we do finally do the wedding, which we haven't done, you guys, we will. Um, but when we do the wedding, everybody's like, oh, it's got to be this, we expect it to be this big, big thing. And, you know, we want it to be this big, big thing because that's who we are. We either go big or go home. That's mm -hmm. always been the case. But you know what? We've been, we've been successful because we took tremendous risks. Yes. We did things when people told us don't do it that way. Yes. When we first started, we had attorneys, our attorneys would tell us, you know, oh, go through the independent route and then work your way up. Mm -hmm. We didn't do that. Yep. We went the opposite direction. We went straight to the top and we kind of stayed there. We became friends with those people and built us from there. So we do the opposite of what people recommend for us to do. And yep. it gets to the point where now, though they're different attorneys, but the attorneys we have now, it's pretty much we walk in the office and we say, hey, look, this is what we this is what we want yep. to do. Mm -hmm. And they expect us to walk in and say, OK, Chris and Will are going to have their homework done. Yep. You know, they're going to have all that together. And that's what we do about this show. We make sure we pr are prepared before we go into an interview. We're prepared before we do these commentaries. And we have a great team that supports us and keeps us like that. And, yes. And so, you know. I would have to say that's pride. So being mm -hmm. yourself is a big deal on pride. What about discovering your niche? Oh. <laughs> that's kind of like who you are. Yeah. That, that's kind of along the line of who like you, you are. Like you know it already. It's getting to it. It's getting to it. And you know what? I will be honest with you guys. I don't think that Willie and I felt that we belonged in entertainment until we did this show. Mm-hmm. We really didn't realize that, that entertainment was our niche uh -huh. until we started doing it. And we started seeing the reactions and we started feeling the fandom and the, the true worth. And we started putting it all together and piecing it. And we're like, wow, okay. But then everyone tells us, but you guys knew you were talented. Yes, we knew we were talented. We knew that we could do 
do things, but we really didn't reach ourselves to that caliber until we started doing this show. So yeah. we have to credit this show with it. Cause mm -hmm. again, we've gone back with it and said, we didn't even know what a podcast was. Yep. <laughs> we have absolutely did not even know what the podcasts are. And you know what? We, we listen to some of them. Mm -hmm. We do. We yeah. do. I, I, I can't say that I listen long, but I can say that I listen to some. And I think a lot of that is because guys, we just don't have time. Yeah. And when we say we don't have time, we include personal time yes. in our time. Very extremely. Yes. I mean, it's it's a well-being thing. It is. Because, you know, we're back in Orlando now. So we go to the Disney parks all the time because we have annual passes. And a lot of people are like, you say you don't have time, but you're here playing in the parks. And it's but, like, because that's personal time. Yes. That's stress-free time. That is time that lets us let go of what we need to let go of. And one of that is we also like to communicate with each other when we're walking. Yes. Oh, so my. that's a big thing. <laughs> so that is time. Always find time to be who you are just because, and do what you like. Just because it looks a certain way, there's a lot more going on. So, you know, walking and talking, you know, that's bonding. That's having that time to, you have a visual in front of us. And then, you know what? It's personal time, too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what about discovering? How do you discover your niche? So what about more about discovering your niche? How do you discover your niche? When you know that you can wake up in the morning and be excited about what you're about to do. Yes. Be comfortable about it. Walk away from it and say, ah. Oh, yeah. That's how you know you found your niche. And sometimes... We have to work hard to get to those niche, that niche and those, I wanted to say niches, but it sounds like bitches, but you know, sometimes, sometimes you, you have to get to, you, you have to balance other things out to do it. I mean, some people, their niches, they like to crochet. I can't figure that out because I don't have patience to crochet. I've tried learning. It just doesn't work. But at the same time, you know, they love doing that. That is their niche where you can make money doing that too, but you have to work to that point to get it to get to that point. And perfect example, a friend of ours, she had been doing hair for 20, 30 something yeah. years. Uh -huh. Okay. And she decided that, you know what? I want to do something else. So she, she decided to quit, drop her own business, start up a new business. And yesterday she went and got the keys to that building to start up a brand new nutritional business totally opposite from what she was used to. And she goes, I'm scared. I'm nervous. And I'm like, it's good to get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because once you get out of that comfort zone, you're going to push yourself to become successful. Mm -hmm. And when you're happy and you love what you do and you like that journey, you're going to always stay with it. Yep. So finding your niche is not always what you're comfortable with, but it is knowing who you are. When you look in that mirror you got to set that goal and say, this is what I want to do in life. This is what I want to look like while I'm doing that. And this is where I want to go. That's how you discover your niche. And that's how you find your pride. Yeah. That's the way it works. Mm -hmm. Be happy. Yes. Happy is the goal. Yeah. When you're happy, you can love. When you love, you can do numerous things. And the world around you will always have positive vibes. So, yeah. Well, our guest today is a very unique woman. Very, very unique at that. Um, Lee 
Purcell mm-hmm. is our guest today, and she is an amazing woman. She's done a lot of great television shows, a lot of great movies. She's a part, part of a lot of organizations. So we are very excited to have her. Let's see. Um, you know, she she had worked with the amazing Howard Hughes, mm-hmm. um, My Wicked, Wicked Ways, Legend, of uh, the Errol Flynn. Didn't she work with Angela Lansbury too? She did in Murder She Wrote. She also did Simon and Simon, The Incredible Hulk Returns, Magnum PI, Matlock. She did a lot of the older shows. Yeah. A lot of older shows. Uh in films, she's been on Airplane 2, the sequel, Space Range, Disneyland, and um she has also been nominated for two Emmy Awards. Wow. So, yeah. So, very, very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. She is, She does charity work for the Heart of a Horse, which is an organization that saves horses and Neat. protects horses. Yes. So, it's very exciting. So, we are going to give her a call, and we're going to have an amazing conversation with her. So, sit back, relax. Lee Purcell is coming up. We are honored to have with us today two-time Emmy-nominated actress, Lee Purcell. Where are you guys? We are in Orlando. Oh, how is it in Orlando? Hot? Muggy? uh, Cold? Actually, not really. It's in between. Today, it's a little cool and windy outside. Not muggy at all. Not too hot and not too cold. It's like uh, a little bit tipping 70, but, you know, kind of... Staying at seven. So it's kind of, kind of perfect. Yeah, yeah. actually. <laughs> which is a, an oddity for over here. Nice. That's great. Well, I'm in L.A., yes. and it's kind of the same. Oh, oh nice. Okay. We, we do love yeah. L.A. We used to live in uh, North Hollywood, to be exact. Really? Where? Um, we lived in the, it was called the Academy Village Apartments. It's right next door to the Academy. I Village. know those. Very well. Yes. Ah. I knew you did. I knew you did. (laughs) Yes, we we loved that building only because um, the, of of course, you're very familiar with it. You guys had, I don't know if you still do, had a courtyard with a lot of different uh, tribute statues and stuff like that. And we'd love to sit out there and just reminisce. We do. We do still have that. Yeah. And it's it's expanded. Very nice. Yes, that would that yeah. would be our therapy because it's so it's really cool right there. It's not hot and it's not too uh, cold in that area, and the wind goes through the buildings, and it's just it's nice. It's and it's a, historical it too. It is historical. It's, well, we're talking about the TV Academy, which has such such a nice um, complex, and it, I don't know how long it's been since you were there, but it has really expanded. Really? Wow. Yeah. Well, actually, we passed by it uh, last year where we were in L.A., and uh, it was like, gosh, I want to say it was June when we were last in L.A., and we passed through it, and it's grown. That area has grown so much. I'm like, wow, okay. So much. Oh, yeah, it's a very hot area now. I, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Like, you know, we used to love all doing doing all that because unlike Florida, you know, we could walk to 
certain destinations. People would think we were crazy when we'd say, oh, we're going to walk to Warner Brothers or we're going to walk to Universal. They're like, mm-hmm. are you nuts? I'm like, no, we love walking. We can't do that in Florida because it's too hot. You know? Oh, gosh, that's that's walk, not walk, good. Walk. Yeah, I can't walk anywhere from where I live because I live on top of a mountain. Oh, so nice. if I, I mean, I can walk, but I'm never going to get anywhere. Right. So I, you know, I, I'll see a lot of wildlife, but uh, I can't get to, I can't get a cup of coffee. Oh, you know, I have yeah. to drive to do that. The view is great, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, the view is tremendous. Yeah, the view is, the view is everything. Yes. It, it's everything. That's why we bought this house, because oh. of the view. So we have, you know, the entire valley, uh, there's a golf course, there's, and it goes, we see, the, of course, the mountains, so Every year when it gets cold enough to snow, we see the snow. I'll, we used to get snow in our front yard, but haven't right. in a long time. But, wow. um, but we see the snow on the mountains that are just the second range over. So we have a, it's, it's absolutely stunning it, when it snows. It looks like Colorado, but wow. a lot shorter wow. mountains. Well, we definitely love hiking through the mountains over there. That's a big priority when we go to uh, California. Yes. You've got to do the hiking. You know, that's therapy in itself, too. Yeah, now, how long have you lived um, away from California? Well, we've always been residents of Florida, but when, depending on how work is, work would uh, send us to California, and there would be times where we'd be be in California a year, two years Mm -hmm. in a row, six months, seven months consecutive. So it just really depends on work in its sense but there was a time we were in california for three years straight before we came back home oh wow yeah so so. you're 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 native floridians Um, but you have spent a lot of time in california that's interesting i spent quite a bit of time in florida but um what part of more in the tampa more the tampa area okay yeah that's Um, far from us yeah not not for a few years now. I used to spend more time there. But, you know, it's too hot for me. It, it is just, hot. I, don't, I can't bear it. And I there's just, also a difference where in California it's sort of dry, whereas Florida gets yes. a lot of that humidity. So Yeah, and I don't, I don't do well with all that humidity. And uh, some people just thrive on it, but I don't. And my hair gets really big. And I <laughs> you go back to the nineties again. <laughs> it, it looks like it's like wow. Did you get a perm in the last hour? <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't. So I yeah, my husband it. always laughs when we're in a humid area. He'll say, "Oh, it's humid here." I go, "Well, yeah, it is." I just know I'm looking at your hair. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, I, I I agree. I agree. We we love California. Um, I don't know if. I mean, we've we could live there, but uh, the traffic is horrendous in LA. Oh, and horrible! So unbearable. Now we did live. We did have a house in San Diego, actually. And oh, we loved San it. Diego's we loved it. nice. Yes, yes, we loved it. We absolutely yes. loved it. But we we just we had to come at that point. It's like okay, well, we're sending us back to Florida, uh-huh. and it's like okay, well, I don't want to leave a house sitting here for three or something years can have another house. I just saw so I'm like, all right, let's just sell it. And then just exactly. keep what we got, you yeah. know? So, uh, it was oh, so boy. sad to sell it because the house, it was on a cliff. So you oh. could look out over the cliff 
and see and the valley. See the valley. Oh, it was yeah. just it was oh, wow. gorgeous view. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. really breathtaking. I'm like, oh, I hate to get rid of it, but I just don't want to let it. No, sit. it's too much trouble to have yeah. a house yeah. in a different state, and no, it's it's too hard. You know, I thought about it doing is. that, um, having a house someplace else, and having a house here. And it's just like, uh, uh-huh. no, mm-hmm. too much work. So. Yeah. I don't do that. Um, I do love California. I've lived in California most of my life now. But I started coming here at around 12, 13, because I had a lot, a lot of relatives. Uh And um, so my mother and uh, and I would come out, and we would stay with my grandmother, and then she had six brothers, and, and then her mother was still living so my great-grandmother and then about 5,000 cousins and it was it was really really nice and um and I made that I made my decision then and there it's like I'm gonna live here yes and it and I I just love and then what's really funny is that my my cousin's daughter and uh, they live in Arkansas and they've always lived in Arkansas and uh but yeah he had a daughter and a son and uh-huh. he unfortunately is gone. But but his son, um, I knew early on he'd come to California. Like when he was about sixteen, I thought, yeah, you're coming to me. Yeah. And um, <laughs> he did. And um, and he's a writer. He's doing very well. Uh-huh. He's on a new NBC pilot now. And then nice. good. Yeah. And then his his actually it was my cousin's granddaughter. His sister's daughter is now 13 and she was out here over christmas and she said to all of us i'm moving here i'll be here wow. in five years we all went yeah we know uh, <laughs> I believe it. anyway yeah i believe it well you guys you guys have a lot of advantages and you have a lot of disadvantages the one thing we hated oh in god yeah you know, the one thing in California we hated so much is, of course, you guys play, pay uh, state taxes, and Florida does not. Yeah. Um, so uh, we pay one. taxes for breathing. I mean, it I just gets worse. I know. And today, today we're voting on a proposition that if it gets passed, man, yeah, we are really in trouble if it passes. Oh, wow. Because it's going to raise property taxes. And oh, that's nuts. Yeah, it's just really terrible. And, and then, of course, the traffic is... Yes. Horrendous. Yeah. And just doesn't ever get any better. And then we have a huge homeless problem. Yes. And yeah. uh, we have, you know, we have problems. But, you know, we have the ocean. We have the mountains. We can ski. We can yeah. go an hour later and surf for it, surf. And, you know, we have everything. We just, ha- we do have a few problems. <laughs> well, everybody does. Everybody does. Everybody but, does. You know, but... So, but yeah, but still, you know what? You you have a lot of in common with myself, of course. Uh, one because uh, my middle name is Lee, and uh, really, and do you? Sp- I'm, I'm sure you. Well, you're a man, so I'm sure you spell it the manly way. Uh, actually, you and I spell it the same way, which is the manly way. Yes, yeah. my my parents <laughs> my parents stuck me with that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then your birthday is actually uh, two days before my own. So, oh, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, oh, wow. Well, next, happy birthday in advance. Yeah, well, thank you. Same as for yourself. So the next thank question you. would have to be, uh, are you a lefty or are you a righty? 
Am I a lefty or a righty? Yes. It was, it's interesting you should ask that because about an hour ago, I was having a conversation with a friend, and we were talking about playing tennis. Uh-huh. And we were talking about my abject failure at playing tennis uh-huh. and how I was impossible to teach and I couldn't learn. And oh. the reason I couldn't learn is because I'm ambidextrous. Ah. And I could not, could not think with, and yes, tennis players use both hands, but they know how to choose the hands. Right. And right. being ambidextrous, you don't. It's just Interesting. inherent. It's like a DNA thing. You don't, I couldn't ever grasp, I took lessons, and the poor tennis pro I thought was going to jump off a cliff, but I couldn't ever grasp how to select which hand at which moment. I couldn't do it. It just, it's, it's like, uh-huh. almost like an electronic thing. I just couldn't do it. Well, so, you know, you say that, and what's interesting is, um, I can do, I, I write left-handed. Now, I've never attempted to try to teach myself to, to write right-handed. But I do certain things left-handed, but I do a lot of things right-handed. And sometimes I will do things with both hands. So, uh, uh, see, you are probably... Uh-huh. That, when you say that, I'm Ambidextrous like, oh. or close to it. Yes. Because yeah. everybody would ask me that. Or which, you know, when you play baseball, they're like, okay, which side do you go on? I go, it just really depends on the mood. It really depends on where I feel like running and how I want to do it. And they're like, that's just nuts. And I go, no, it's comfort. <laughs> it's like, you know, so I Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. You are like me. Oh, yeah, I know. That's the same. It's the same exact thing. I, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I can write with my left hand. Um, not well, but I also don't write with my right hand well. Uh-huh. So, but if I, pre- but I am with writing, I'm predominantly right-handed. I I do that. Uh-huh. But if I feel like switching to the left, if my right hand gets tired, I switch to the left. Yes. But it, it looks kind of odd. But, uh-huh. um, and then my handwriting changes all the time. I think I would be a real problem for a handwriting expert because it, <laughs> it, it actually looks like a different person from day to day. Oh, it wow. doesn't look the same. Wow. So I think that's part of the ambidextrous situation yes. is that you don't have, and this is just my guess, I'm not as ambidextrous as, I knew another woman who was a painter, and uh, quite, a, quite a renowned painter, and the way she would paint, because she was fully ambidextrous, she would paint with both hands at the same time, oh. and she would work her way from the, out, from the outer edges of the painting on both wow. sides. So she would work her way in from the from the outside of the painting. Wow, very and, interesting. And it, yeah, it was phenomenal. And then eventually end up in the middle with a completed painting done about half the time as other people. Wow, very interesting. That's, yeah. that's real talent there. So, you know, so, Isn't that yes, yeah. We, so yeah, we have that, that bond together. So this, this is already <laughs> a great conversation. So wonderful. I'm glad. <laughs> so I guess you've done a lot. Uh, you have done you, you've done some magnificent work, magnificent causes, and we're going to get into all that. But uh, oh, tell me, when did you actually? When did it actually come to you that Hollywood was your niche? You know, that's a really good question. 
Hmm. <laughs> that's, that's kind of a um, that's kind of a daunting question. Uh huh. <laughs> <Gotcha>, Excuse <laughs> me. I'll never drink cream again in my tea when I have an interview, but I did. Um, well, see, I started uh, modeling at three uh, uh-huh. at the Neiman Marcus flagship store in uh, Dallas. I saw that. And and then uh, I did my first TV show at five wow. in Memphis. We moved a lot when I was real young. And um, so I think I... Um, hmm. I can relate to the moving a lot part too because when I was a child I moved from the east coast to the west coast and then later on in my teenage years I moved to the east coast again so I totally get that oh yeah yeah we moved I think nine times before I was six wow uh, for various reasons but um so going back to the, I, I think it was, uh, I remember making the decision very clearly, like, okay, I'm going to pursue this thing. Should I go to New York or should I go to L.A., uh-huh. Hollywood? And um, it was a very um, a, a tough decision that lasted about 30 seconds because I hate the cold. Oh. And oh. I, hate, I hate cold weather. Uh-huh. And um, New York is cold a right. great deal of the year. And also my grandmother lived in California, as did mm, so many of my other relatives, uh, my 5,000 cousins and so forth. And so it was kind of like, I'm going to go to L.A. And I, that's what I did. And I drove to, I drove. Nice. Very, very yep. nice. Now, I also Wrecked read my that... Car. Um, you were, of course, mentored by uh, Steve McQueen. Tell me about that experience and what you gathered from that. Uh, well, that was um, really the breakout moment of my life in a lot of different ways, um, not just professionally, but um, emotionally, personally. When you have somebody... Because at the time, and we're talking about Steve McQueen, the legendary actor, not Steve McQueen, the brilliant director of today. Um, but, and I have to always say that because some people have been yes. under a rock and maybe don't know. I agree. No. I agree. Yeah. So um, when you have somebody who, uh, at the time, Steve was the biggest movie star in the world. And um, when you have somebody like that, kind of put his hand on your shoulder and say, you're okay. Wow. It just, it just changes everything. And it's a long time ago, and I have never forgotten a moment of the whole experience, which was, I don't know, a year or two. And it was like, a, um, it was like the Pope giving you a blessing. You know, you're, you're good. You'll do. Wow. And that's what it did for me. And and because I was nothing, I was nobody, you know, uh-huh. I was just this young, uh, struggling actress. And I had never done a film. I had one line in a TV show. I had done a couple of commercials and uh, done a lot of studying. 
and um, and I had uh, been uh, a model briefly, and I had been a dancer for a really long time. But right. but I wanted to be you know uh, in movies, and uh, and I had tried, and it had been really hard, and it was just um, it was such a blessing, and it's a blessing to this day. I mean, he's gone. I'm a great deal older, you know, the world has turned many times. But to this day, it's a blessing to me, because I don't, I don't forget when somebody does me a kindness. And nice. he did me so many kindnesses over that period of time, you know, choosing me to be in that movie at, at 6 a.m., and then, and then they brought in the guys to test, and Michael Douglas got the role, and of course, that was the last time that ever happened that I was cast before Michael Douglas and um, and then you know deciding to you know he took me on as a project Steve did Uh and um, it was always above board you know never any funny business nothing in fact he talked to me about you gotta watch out you know there'll be guys who want to take advantage of you and you know you have to really be careful and he was right because countless wanted to and tried and now we have the me too movement we didn't have anything back then to protect young actresses right and right. and he was really um quite uh, frank with me about that and he taught me about money and managing money and how to behave on a set and and i would go in in the mornings to his office and we would work out because he wanted me to gain weight I was real, real, real skinny then. You know, I was a uh-huh. model and a dancer, right. and I was real skinny. He wanted me to gain weight for the role, but he didn't want me to gain it in the wrong places. So I'd go in in the mornings, and we'd do this routine, and every once in a while he'd introduce a new, you know, exercise. And, and I said to him, Who, who's teaching these exercises? Because nobody used the word personal trainer in those days. It was like your, your exercise guy, you know. And he said, oh, he's this guy I know. Um, he's really good, and... He's Chinese, and he's great, martial arts, brilliant, right? And I never even said what's his name. And then only when I was interviewed by a, by a biographer um, for a book on Steve, uh-huh. and he said to me, do you know who that was? That, and I said, no. And he said, it was Bruce Lee. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. I was, I was trained by osmosis. <laughs> By Bruce Lee, I guess, you know. Uh-huh. So I never knew that because we just never discussed his name. And anyway, he taught me a lot. It was, um, I was always grateful. You know, he was wow. he was like a, like a father or an older brother. He was would... of my parents' generation. So, uh-huh. um, you know, I didn't, I didn't look at him as, as a peer. Um, number one, he certainly wasn't professionally. You know, I was... Right. Very low, very low on the food chain, and he was very high on the food chain. He was the top of the food chain, and um, and he was a great deal older. So I had that kind of uh, relationship with him, like I would have with, say, a father or older brother, a mentor. He was a mentor. Very nice. Now, would you say that um, he would be the most inspiring person that you've ever worked with, or is there someone else? Well, um, I would say he would be it. Uh, just knowing where he came from, came from a very rough uh, childhood, and uh, and what he made of himself, 
And yeah, he made mistakes, and we all do. Right. Uh, his were just more well known because he was well known. Right. And right. Um, he he was also really fun because I rode motorcycles, he rode motorcycles. Um, we both liked liked fast cars, and so he, he was he was really fun. But he was, I think, well, he was. I don't know, inspirational. He was inspirational, but certainly influential. Oh, yes. You know, he, okay. he kick-started my life, nice. uh, you know, professionally and personally, because I was, I was just n- new, you know. I just was so new. And, and to have somebody like that at the beginning, you can't help but be influenced by that, really, for the rest of your life. It's right. a great foundation, you know, just and with that much wisdom and comfort, you know, it it's a really great mix and that's a wonderful way to begin. It it is and I and I uh, I know that it was special and I know it doesn't happen that often to anyone and he never mentored anybody else not before or not after. And he died only 10 years after that. Wow. And um so it was it was unique, and, and I didn't realize how unique it was until until later. You know, I worked with a lot of. Um, and to this day, I still work with great people, uh-huh. and you know the the uh, movie that is coming out today on DVD and streaming, Carol of the Bells, yes. I think is truly an inspirational movie. I don't know if you've had a chance to see a clip or. I or have, anything yet. I have. We were going to get into that, but go ahead and tell me about uh, tell me about that movie because we also um, spoke to um, Jerry Jewell, who was also in that movie. Oh yeah, I love Jerry. She's, yes, mm-hmm. she's a funny woman. She's a character. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. she is. <laughs> yeah, I I just love her. Uh, yeah, Carol Bell's. Okay, so it is. I think very inspirational and very. It is definitely groundbreaking uh-huh. in that it's about a young man played by R.J. Mitty, who uh, is adopted out at birth, and later when he's a, a young a young adult, and he's married and is has a small child and his wife is pregnant again, uh-huh. he goes in search of his birth parents. He's been actually searching for a long time, and he finally does find his birth mother. And when he does, she has um, Down syndrome and uh, lives in an assisted uh, care, in a care facility that my character runs. And um, he can't handle it. He just, it's, it's so shocking to him. He just, he just walks away. And I, I think a lot of people um, would have that same reaction because as a society, we are ignorant Right. Um, and 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 naive, mm-hmm. um, although it's getting better, uh, but yes. we are ignorant and naive about um, people who have, as Joey Travolta calls it, who's the director and a uh, very inspirational person, um, different abilities. And um, I I knew some things, but not a lot. Uh, I had done things like worked with Special Olympics and. Paralyzed Veterans of America, things like that, right? But that's right. not the same thing as going to work every day, twelve hours a day, uh, with with people with disabilities. You know, uh-huh. um, so I did a lot of research on my on my character type, who was the 
caregiver and ran this facility uh, and worked with people with disabilities because it wasn't anything I had experienced personally. So I did a lot of research, studied up on a lot of different types of disabilities. I had no idea there was such a variety, no idea, and um, learned about that and then interviewed I don't know, three or four people who work in that field. And then, of course, the writer, he works in on that field. So we talked to him extensively and right. a few other people uh, to try to give myself a somewhat of a background in it. Uh-huh. And then went to work. And, and like you said, 70% of the crew have disabilities, and they were all trained and graduated from Joey Travolta's schools. He has schools that are connected to inclusion films that are for people with disabilities to learn how to work on film crews. And I, I'm pretty sure he has also had, he has camps, and I'm pretty sure he has uh, conducted his camps in uh, Florida, pretty sure. Uh-huh. And um, I think that's primarily, it's seasonal. But the schools right. are about a two-year program. And those, there's seven of those in California. And then they graduate and hopefully go to work. And then they are financially independent. They have a profession. They have a dream that they can fulfill. It's, it's really wonderful. Uh, and so you go to work with these people, and you can't tell, unless it's a physical disability, you can't tell who has disabilities. And that was really surprising to me. Right. You just can't tell. And you know, and somebody would say, Oh, you know, that person has Asperger's and that person has autism and that person is this and that and I would think, Really? I gee. I didn't even notice. Uh huh. So uh-huh. it it was it was amazing, really. There's no difference I between a, a, a people everybody has a disability of some kind. Right. Just some are visible, uh-huh. some are known some and some are not. Absolutely. So that's the way I now look at it. It was a really big learning experience for me. Oh, I imagine. I imagine it was it when we had spoken to Jerry, it was almost the same thing. It's like, you know, her personality brings so much that you're just like, okay, I would have absolutely never known, thought about it. I mean, I it just, it would have been it it was like a friend sitting right next to me mm-hmm. and we're just having a good old time. Yep. Um, you know, so I agree. And education is such a big importance in life right now. And I always tell people, you know, educate before judge and, you know, never judge, period, but educate yourself before you make a comment because you really don't realize that you may not have all the facts as you think you do. Um, you know, I agree with you. It's like, you know, don't criticize those shoes unless you've walked in them. Absolutely. Uh-huh. And we say that almost every day with yeah. our own life. And it's yeah. like, unless you've lived what I've lived through, don't make an assumption in judgment. Because you, you just because I put something out there doesn't mean I'm giving you the whole story. You know, so. Yes. Oh, I so agree with you on that. Well, thank you. Yeah, yes. People, yeah, because people judge you on the little snippet of information they do. Yeah. that they find online about you. They do. And uh, and it's it's really annoying. It and is. And people come up and say, oh, I read that you went blah, 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 blah. And I, uh, no, that isn't true. Oh, but I read it on Wikipedia. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Wikipedia is full of lies. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I agree. 
I'm I like, agree. yeah, it's or full of some, lies. Or if somebody appears, you know, extremely mm-hmm. giddy all the time, they think, oh, their life is perfect, you know. They're just as happy as, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, maybe that person is smiling a lot because they've gone through a lot of agony and pain through their life and they're working through stuff you know yeah or maybe they're just relieved to be alive after a long illness or you just don't know you you can't you can't judge people it's uh-huh. It's really uh-huh. wrong it is. to judge and, people. And, and, you know, the funny thing is one of the, the most hilarious things that we fight, at least now, is when people mm-hmm. see and learn, oh, you guys have a show on iHeartRadio. And like, yeah, we do. They automatically assume that we're millionaires. And I'm like, well, maybe somebody else at iHeart <laughs> is, but we're not getting that paycheck. <laughs> you know? What? You're not? Yeah, oh, no. It's like, so, you know, who should I'm be so surprised. This, you know? yes. Yeah, it's like... Same thing being an actress. They're like, oh, well, you don't know what it's like to struggle. Really? Uh huh. Yes. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're, I'm just exactly. over here just bathing in my money. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's just yeah, the house it's is just filled like, with, you know. They laugh yeah. because, when, especially for us, they're like, when we say, okay, well, I have to go to Walmart for something, and they're like, you shop at Walmart? And I'm like, well, why wouldn't I shop at Walmart? It's cheaper on some of this stuff. But, but it's like, it's like, yeah, but I don't want to go just because I, I, I'm just going to buy a can of corn. It's, it's more expensive <laughs> at that store. It's the same thing. I go to Walmart, buy it cheaper. But, and they, they get so shocked. And I'm like, you know what? You need to change your, your, your thinking on image because I guarantee you, you're seeing this all totally wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And you need to like, you know, wake up and smell the coffee because yes. it's not, very few people are as they seem. Oh, very, yes. very few people. Some are, but mm, I don't think everybody is. Oh, yes. And, you know, and we tell people that because then, you know, we, we've worked, we've clocked in at jobs. We've yep. worked nine to five. Mm-hmm. We've, we've lived in cars. We know what it's like. Yep. You know, we've worked hard to get us to where we are right now, but we've never forgotten our roots. And mm-hmm. that's the most important thing. And the one thing that, I guess irritates me more about the day and age now is everybody hides behind social media. Oh gosh. And I don't I don't get that. Oh, I know. Back in the day, and I, I hate to say that, but before internet even came out, you know, you had to face to face with people in some cases and it was easier to deal with your emotions that way than it is being on social media and they attack you on social media and you're like, okay, let me rethink this a little bit because, you know, they're, they're just hiding. They're not they're not really face-to-face with you, so it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, like if you're in person and, I mean, there's not that buffering time to where, like, if you're on social media, like, okay, I'm thinking about what I'm typing. Uh, maybe I should wait on typing that or should I just go ahead and... Uh, whatever's in my head at the moment whereas in person you're having an active real-time conversation so it's putting your head in your mind you know into a present moment yeah yes and you know i i really worry about really young kids because you see all the time toddlers in strollers and they're on a cell phone or they're playing oh, yeah a game on a tablet and and it just i just think 
are you going to be able to (laughs) communicate with people when you get a little older? And just yesterday, I was in our little park walking my dogs, Uh and there was a, it's a little, it's a very small park, and there was a man there with his two really cute little kids. They couldn't have been more than probably like three and four, really little. And I was listening to them saying, Daddy, Daddy, watch me. Daddy, Daddy, watch me. Because they were on the jungle gym and, you know, Uh doing things. He was sitting on the bench on his phone. Wow. And I wanted to go up to him and say, guess what? This Uh isn't going to last very long. And then you're going to be the one saying to your kids, oh, where are you going? Why don't you sit here and talk to me for a while? Where? And I, I just didn't. I, I didn't have, I didn't want to be that rude and that intrusive. Yeah. But then the kids got excited when they saw my dogs, and they were like, "Doggy, doggy!" Right. And then, and then the man got up off the bench and off his phone, and came over because he knew that the kids shouldn't just lunge at strange dogs, right. even though my dogs are, you know, as mellow as you can find. But uh-huh. he didn't know that, and and you don't. Right. And he got up and you know, he came over, and I, I so desperately wanted to say to him, so glad you got off on your phone because your kids are really cute. Yes. And they really yes. deserve your time because you, it's going to go really fast. And, you know, and it, I, it's sad that you say that, but we, because uh, we have annual passes to Disney, and so we go to Disney every now and again out here. And you see that, and everybody's on their phone, and you want to sit there and go, now... If you just want to throw away your money, then here, here's my pocket. Go ahead and give it to me. But if you're going to spend yeah, that much money, yeah, because it's expensive going to Disneyland. It is, <laughs> and they just and their half of their experience is on their phone. And I'm like, okay, I get it if you're taking God. pictures. I get that. But when you're just texting one another, I'm just like, gosh, stop. You're on vacation. Don't throw away your money because that's what you're doing right now. You're throwing away all that money and you're playing on your phone. It's sad. It is no, it's sad. ridiculous. It's it, yeah. And I've seen in airports all the time. Remember when you used to sit? We're selling like a bunch of old fogies, but I know. <laughs> remember when you used to sit in the terminal waiting for your plane, and you you know people would be chatting. Hey, where yes. are you going? Yep. Where are you from? You uh-huh. know, you meet people. Yes. Now I I was flying recently, and I was standing up, and I was looking around the terminal. Every person in the terminal was on their phone, and I oh, thought, yeah. wow. Yeah. You, you you may be sitting next to your future husband, uh, right. who could have been, but right. you'll never know because uh-huh. you're too busy on your phone. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. and, I, Absolutely. and I just think it's sad. It is. And, and I, I, I don't know, but it's a double-edged sword. I mean, there's also really good things about being on social media, as long as it's not abused, mm-hmm. but right. they're really good things. You know, I've had a lot of people from my past people I really liked and and um, I you know we've we're back in touch and old school friends and right. yeah. people I've worked with in different films and and I love it for that I and agree. I love it that I have fans that reach out to me because uh, I'm on all social media I have to be yeah. and I love that yeah. they reach out to me and say I saw you in this or saw you in that or you know what do you think about and I like that right that's that's one of the blessings yes, of social I, media. I agree. And, and it, it expands your world. But on the yes. other hand, it contracts your world to that device it does. that's in your hand. Yeah. It does. 
you know, and you know, we're guilty as charged just as much. We'll, we'll find ourselves being on phones and off phones. And it was, it was funny because I'm having this discussion and we just talked about Disney and it just clicked to my head. We were at Disney in watching a show in the middle of a show and I got a phone call from somebody over at NBC and I'm like, oh gosh, I have to take this call. I can't, I just can't. So I had to take the call and luckily enough, the woman was very nice enough because I told her, I said, hey, look, I'm in the middle of a show. Can I call you right back just to make, oh no, you're fine. Call me at such and such time. And I'm like, good, good. You know, and, and so I'm guilty as charged when it comes to important stuff that I can't just miss, you know. Yeah, but um, that's, that's different. It that's, is. That's your work. Right. That's different. Right. It's not to somebody saying, hey, do you want to play this game right now? This no. is right. true. Right. Um, but it, I still you, know, feel, you still feel bad about it. And, you know, because I definitely did feel bad because I'm like, you know, as a performer for watching the show, you know, it was like you don't want to disrespect their performance because in theory I'm there to see them perform. But um, Well, yeah. I mean, you didn't yeah. talk out loud, did you? No, no. It was very it was very low. And she, she heard all the stuff going on in the background. So she kind of uh, figured oh. that I wouldn't be able to hear much of her anyway. Um, but, was it like uh, a cabaret, cabaret kind of setting, or? Uh, it was. What would you say? Uh, it was a theater in the round. Yeah, it, yeah, kind of a theater in the round. It was a, it was a, it was a Lion King show actually. So it was very oh, gosh. hyperactive. You picked up your phone during that. I know. Isn't that sad? <laughs> oh gosh! Now I've just changed my mind. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh huh. No. But yeah, but no. you see, mm-hmm. the thing of it was. No, I thought it was more like a cabaret where. Oh, no. You know, you could. It was sad. Oh, and, but the good thing I, is, is I, I was only on it for like a good minute, so it was quick, done, and over with. But it was sad because when the, my reps had called and said, look, somebody from NBC is going to be calling you, I'm like, okay, well, they're going to call me later. And so I didn't know that it was going to be right at that instance. Otherwise, we wouldn't have walked in the, you know, we wouldn't have walked in the theater uh, but um, but it was good. It was a quick minute, so I I felt bad, but then I didn't feel quite as bad because some people they'll just have a full conversation in the middle of a show, and I just couldn't do that. You know. Oh, so, I yeah. I have a friend who I just a few days ago told me that he and his wife went to some play, and it wasn't the theater in the round; it was just a regular raked theater, uh-huh. and. Um, in the middle of the performance, in this dramatic piece, whatever it was, a woman in like row three, her phone rings. She picks uh-huh. up the phone and answers it. Oh wow! In the wow. middle of this play, and which was a quiet play, uh-huh, and right. she picks up the phone and she answers it. And she and she's she's whispering, but she's whispering really loudly. Uh-huh. At Soda Voce, and she's and she's like, "Well, I'm at a play." Wow. Uh huh. Um. Oh, it's not very good. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she said that, and oh, he said people almost started throwing things at her, oh, and the cast—it was a youngish cast. Right. So if you're an older, more seasoned cast, I've actually seen it, where like the lead the lead actor will stop and go to the audience and say, you know, ma'am, we'll yeah. just wait until you finish that call. Yeah. I've seen it. 
I've seen. Uh, but it has to be somebody really comfortable uh-huh. in their own skin. But they, these these were, people were too young for that. But she actually said that. That's just nuts. Oh, it's not very good. Because obviously the other person said, how is it? And she said, it's not very good. And she's in the third row. That's just crazy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's yeah, so I terrible. Could, I couldn't disrespect that yeah. much. And though I, I admit it was a disrespect enough at that little bit, but... Um, you know, it's, it's one of those quick instances because my phone doesn't actually ring. I have, I keep it on silent. So I heard the vibration and I saw it and I could have easily just hung up from it, but I'm like, Oh, that inner side of you just sitting there saying, yeah, but I, you you know, it's, I know, I know. It's one of those situations. It's NBC. What are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. uh, uh, I know the siren call, uh (laughs) you know. But there is a but there is like I said there is a good side to social media yeah, and there is. here's a here's a funny little story I got an email through my representatives um, from a 94 year old woman who had known my mother oh wow and she is so savvy so technologically savvy that she she looked me up. She found out, uh, she went deep enough, which is pretty deep, to find out who are my representatives, my agents, my managers. Uh-huh. And, she, and she sent an email to them asking it be forwarded to me. She's 94. Oh. Wow. She's a very sharp lady. Uh-huh. And wonderful email, really sweet. She had seen me in a show. Uh-huh. And 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 she thought I think that that I knew her mother, and of course she did know my mother, and so I I've, I of course answered her because who wouldn't, and um, and I'm waiting to hear back from her, and I said just you keep in touch anytime you want, you know here's my personal email, I mean she's 94. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. You, you got to really like look at that and go. Now, how would she ever be able to reach me? Right. Well, in the past, people had to like call the union or yeah. call and see if they could get the name of your rep, and then right. call the rep and see. You know, do you mind if I send a letter? Will you forward it? And you'll get. And it was a long, convoluted process that right. really rarely ever worked. But now, right. thanks to the internet. You have people who can actually reach out to you, a 94-year-old lady uh, who's a very accomplished woman and um, obviously all there and who, who reached out because of the Internet. So I look at things like that and I go, okay, Absolutely. it kind of balances out. It, it does. does. It does. Mm-hmm. And, and the fact that you have good reps, too, that they actually will forward that yes. to you, where some of them <laughs> generally won't. Um, no, mine tend to forward everything, <laughs> whether, <good. laughs> whether it's good or whether it's bad. Ah. Um, <laughs> they forward everything because I want them to. Yes, of course. I want to see. We're I want to see everything. Uh-huh. I don't want them to to filter. Yeah, we are the same so way. So I get to see it all. Yeah, that's good. Very good. So yeah, let's let's talk. You know, we've been doing a lot of talking of. Um, Back in the day. So let's going to go back in the day because you've done some amazing work on some amazing shows. Mm-hmm. And one of them in particular that stuck out to me that we still watch because it's on television. They do reruns, obviously. but uh, And we are a huge fan of Angela Lansbury. Oh, yes. So you uh, well, who is Murder, isn't? She Wrote. Exactly. So tell me about Murder, She Wrote. How was that? 
Well, I was not a regular on Murder, She Wrote. I think I did five or six. I have been, I've been told that I hold the record, and I don't know if it's true, have no idea, but I've been told I hold the record for the most, for having done the most shows playing different characters. Nice. So sometimes I played the murderer, sometimes I was uh-huh. the victim, sometimes I was whatever, you know. Um, I think I did five or six. And um, Angela is one of my idols. Yes. And, um, I mean, I'm on Facebook with Angela Lansbury. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's another example of the Internet doing something good. Right. And... Um, I uh, I love Angela. She's she's really extraordinary on so many different levels. Absolutely. And um, I went to see her a couple of years ago. She was here um, at the music center, and she was doing Blythe Spirit. And I had done Blythe Spirit in England, uh-huh. and of course we were playing different roles. But I was playing the the dead wife, the ghost, and she was playing. Uh, the eccentric lady on the bicycle. Anyway, she was Angela's, I think she was 90 or 91 when she did that. Now she's, I don't know, 94 or 5. And um, she uh, was, was, she bounced on that stage like she was a teenager. And she was doing like flips onto the sofa Oh. And I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wait, how old is she? Uh. And <laughs> so I went backstage afterwards. She had invited me to come backstage, which I was very thrilled about. And I had brought her some flowers. And uh-huh. we were chatting. And she's like, so, dear, because she has, you know, a British accent. Right. And, um, and what did you think of the performance? And I said, I, I don't know how, my God. Right. You were, you were doing flips onto the sofa. Well, how are you doing it? She said, oh, dear, you know, we do what we must. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy. like, oh, okay. <laughs> and she was doing that, you know, every night and twice on Sunday, twice wow. on Saturday. That's crazy. You know, I just couldn't believe it. That so I really... Um, uh, a huge um, Angela Lansbury fan, and I loved, loved working with her. Every time I would work that show, she would just rush up to me and hug me and, oh, Lee, you're back, you're back. And I was like, yes. yes. And, and, and she oh, and what are you playing this time, dear? Are you playing you know, the villain? Are you playing the victim? And it was like, cause we never knew. It was like, oh, okay, I guess I'm the villain this time. And it was really, it was, it was an honor. It was really an honor to work with her. I bet it was. Now, some of the shows they've kind of remade that you've been on, like uh, you were on MacGyver and um, a few others. What do you think of the revamped versions compared to the ones that you actually worked in back in the day? I've never, well, first of all, I'm primarily a feature film actress. So we're talking about, episodic TV, which I did a lot of in between films, um, but really my my head is always in films. In film. But um, 
I, I don't watch them. I don't know. I, I did, uh, what did I do? I did Hawaii Five O, yes. and I tried to watch the new version, and I was like, huh, I wasn't interested. It's just, I don't believe in going back. I, and I don't believe in comparisons because even though, yeah, it's a reboot, it's still, it's a different cast, it's a different time, it's a different, it's a different crew, it's different writers, it's different producers, and maybe you have a few people who they, you know, brought back, but, um, I, I don't, I don't look at them, I don't watch them. Wow. I agree. I agree. Now, one I did want to ask you about, um, because I've, I've known her, I knew her for a little while before she passed, and you got to play her daughter at some point. Tell me about your experience with Rue McClanahan. Oh, I just loved Rue. I loved Rue. Um, yes. That was really early when I started working. I was probably 19 or something, and and she had not yet. Did she do Golden Girls? I don't remember yes. if she'd already done it. No, um, had she? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. And this was a very, uh, rather obscure niche kind of show, which has a whole other story about that in present time, actually. But called Insight, and Insight was it doesn't exist anymore, but uh-huh. it might again. It's interesting. Insight was a show that was done by um, the Jesuit, uh, was it the Jesuit brothers? No, not the Jesuits, um, not Franciscan, it'll come to me in a minute. Um, a Catholic um, group of priests, and but they were Hollywood priests, uh-huh. and it's just a fascinating story. There's even a, a book about about Father Kaiser, who uh, this insight was his baby, and he ran it for years and years. And if you had made it in Hollywood, you were asked to do insight. Uh-huh. And I did, I think, three of them. And one of them was with Rue playing my mother. And I just loved her, and I was so happy when she hit it big with... Um, Golden Girls, and uh, she was just a consummate professional. The main thing I remember, she had this wig that she was wearing as Uh part of the character, and I remember she had a scene where she had to, like, rip off this wig and throw it at this this actor who was playing her father, Uh who was John Randolph, who is a wonderful character actor, Uh and, Uh um, and I... And I remember watching her. I was very young, as I said, and watching her. And she had what struck me about her was that she had no vanity. She just ripped off the wig, and then her hair was like sticking out in all directions from having wearing a wig. Right. She didn't. She didn't try to smooth it down. She didn't say, "Can we cut so we can?" No. She just kept go- barreling through that scene which was the correct and the right thing to do. But there are actors who would not want to be exposed in that way right. mm-hmm. as to right. not, not looking good. Right. And, and it was a good lesson. It was a really good lesson for a young actress to learn. Well, she, is, she was magnificent. We knew Rue a couple of years right before she uh, passed. 
Um, oh. Right up until she passed, actually. Mm-hmm. And she was oh. such a magnificent woman. And we still watch, of course, the Golden Girls, uh, her on that, her on Me Mama's too. Family. It's one of the few things I actually do watch. Yes, mm-hmm. we still do. Yep. We, we watch it. And we've had the um, pleasure of knowing uh, uh, Estelle Getty as well as having oh. uh, a time with... Uh, Betty White. Um, we didn't oh. ever get to meet B. Author, but we've had that pleasure and just to watch them on television and still watch them. It's just like like they never left and you just it's such a great moment. So she is a magnificent woman. Definitely. Oh, I'm, pl- I'm so glad to hear that because that was my only experience with her, you know, in oh. so long ago. But I always admired her. I admired all of them. I mean, yes. who wouldn't? Absolutely. Yeah. We we are we we are in love with uh you know Hollywood from back in the day. We love Hollywood now, but Hollywood back in the day from golden age to on has has got a very special place in our heart. Yes. And it's so memorable. So we, we love all those actors and those actresses, of course, of yourself and mm-hmm. the many of things that all of you guys have done. Uh you you put a great mark for us. And, uh, you know, teaching us how we grow, you know, so. Oh, thanks. That's so sweet of you. And, you know, another thing you guys might want to look at is the really early, early Hollywood when women ran Hollywood. You might want to look at that. And Uh, we will. uh, will. There's a great um, documentary that uh, two friends of mine did, two French sisters, they they're very very famous documentary documentarians in France, and uh-huh. it's called um, "When Women Run Hollywood," and it's about uh, the period of time, the early 1900s, the the teens, the twenties, yeah, uh-huh. uh, and that period of time because. There were more women writers, directors, producers ever than ever since, and they were prolific women. And watch that documentary. I'm sure you can find it online, uh-huh. and and you will be amazed at what you're going to learn. It's shocking because it's oh. not taught in film schools. Nice. Well, yeah. I, I bet I you know. We 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 love all that, and um, you know, of course, not because you've brought it up, but we like actually working with uh, women directors yes. and mm-hmm. and women producers as well. In fact, one of the productions that we're producing, I can't say who who she is, but uh, we actually signed a woman director to produce one of our uh, feature films yes. that's coming out. So, <laughs> Yay! Yeah, so we were Thank very you. excited about it. You're yeah. welcome. I mean, well, there's a lot of creativity there. There's a lot of uh, motivating, you know, just in that moment. You know, it's it's a it's a bond. I yeah. don't know how to how what else to say. Well, the it's, good thing was is we got freedom to decide what we wanted to do, which is very rare in this business. But oh, it's um, so. Yes. I know I produce as well, and I have a bunch of projects in you know various stages of development, and it's like. Oh boy, this is like uh-huh. a crapshoot. Yes. So 
when they gave me that ability and they go, okay, you can choose, you can choose this and, and we just want to have an approval to it or some, I'm somewhat. And I'm like, I need a woman director. I have to have a woman director. And when I went and explained it, cause the story is basically about the bond of a mother and her son. So, um, I go, what better way to tell this story, but to have a woman director, because a woman's going to be able to tell it the way the mother is going to tell it. So, you know, I go, I love that. Yes. So I'm like, it has to be a woman director. And we found her and, um, she is a really good friend of ours and we, we just, she's going to be magnificent. So we can't Mm -hmm. wait until we actually get started for it. So. Well, and when do you when do you start? Do you know? Uh, well, we're slated to at least start production. Uh, I mean, filming later this year, probably around September. Um, but Great. we may get a little bit delayed. I, I'm not quite sure. Our schedule has gone with everything that we've got going on. We our schedule's gone from one end to the next, so it's really kind of finding that availability to pencil it in but i really i i told him i i i have to do, film this because it's been on hold for a couple of years and i just hired the director so i'm like i don't want to lose her so i'm like let's just let's put this in so so far september well i want you to let me know when it comes when it's released i will uh, because i i want to see it well, thank you. Oh, thank you. Yay. And you know what? And we're still casting, so I may call yeah. you for an absolute role. Because I well, would hey. have you in it. It would be my I'm raising, I'm raising my hand in the air now. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's... Me too. You, me too, yes. Yes, yes. Well, it, it's, it's got a lot of story with it. And it's... Um, in fact, it... Uh, when the, um, the studio came to... When the studio got it, and then the... Um, when she got it, she goes, Chris, is this a biography? Because it's kind of has a little bit of my life in it. And I go, not exactly. She goes, this needs to be a book. And I go, okay, well, I don't wow. want to write it. And so not only two weeks later, the uh, one of my reps called and said, hey, um, we found a publisher that wants to publish this if you'll make it a book. And I'm like, I, I don't oh, want to write my it, gosh. guys. If you can find somebody that will write it, I'll tell it, but I can't write it. I don't have time. Um, well, who wrote the script? Did you write it? I did. I did, yes. I wrote the script. And it's got a it's got a lot of relation to my life um and there are certain things that actually did happen and then there are certain things that that were thought to have happened um that maybe happened later on and that haven't happened so it's not directly a true story but kind of yes if that inspired by yes. inspired by absolutely well and, i think that sounds amazing well thank Just you amazing and well, i think you, you should find a writer who can turn it into a book this gosh you know i'm totally working on it i i mean yeah i i'm totally working on it i i think it would be a blessing to have it uh i was very pleased that uh it got the script got picked up it got recognized and so many people have wanted to be involved with it i i've been so i want to say blessed with that because i'm like this is just unreal and they're like it's a wonderful story and she she sat there and told me, she goes, this is incredible. This story is just phenomenal. She goes, I... Oh, my gosh. No, I really... Yes, I've never gotten so much so much positive credit from it until it's been out. See, when he was writing this script, there was no way that you can interfere because he was in the zone. He's, I mean, just wow. like, like yes. there was just... 
I don't know if this is accurate enough, like sort of a bubble around him, you know, and he was yeah, just in yeah. that element and he had music going and the window open. And, you know, when those creative juices are flowing, they're flowing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you took, have to just go with him. Uh-huh. It took me four days to write the entire script, and I did. I wrote... What? Yes, four what? days. Yep. And I, mm-hmm. I wrote it long, so I have to cut back some of it, but I wrote it to up to like 130 pages, <laughs> and they want to cut it down. What? Yes. <laughs> and they're like, you need to oh cut my some gosh. of it down. And I'm like... Um, that's, I know. That's amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah, she's like, you're going to have to cut some of it down. I go, well, which scenes do I take out? And she goes, I don't know, because they're all good. And I go, well, we may have to risk it. She goes, but the studio won't like that. And I go, well, we'll worry about that when we film it, I guess. We'll worry about what they want to yeah, take out. Yeah, just worry. But don't don't worry about it. Yeah. Or just condense some things. Uh-huh. Just, oh, it you is know, so make weird. them a little shorter so you yes. don't have to cut out anything. I hate to cut Ten out, pages is a lot to cut out. Well, Lee, Absolutely. thank you so much for being on the show. This was oh, a it was pleasure. really a pleasure talking to you guys. Thank you so much for having me on, both of you. It was a great pleasure. You know, I think the best thing about this job, if you want to call it a job, <laughs> is every time we do these interviews, sometimes they feel like um, we're sitting in this room with them. Uh-huh. It's so comfortable. Yeah. And it's, it's such a friendly setting and you learn so much you do you do i i wasn't really expecting a lot of that that we learned from her but but yes very exciting very mm-hmm. exciting we have to thank lee for being on our show today what an amazing woman that she is and uh, you never know you guys you might see her in some of our future projects because we definitely want to work with her again yeah yes <laughs> absolutely so Thank you, Lee Purcell, for coming on the show. We want to thank you guys for coming back for another great episode. And, of course, next week we have another great episode with another great guest and another great topic of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. Mm-hmm. But, you guys, thank you for coming on. Thank Lee for coming on. We thank everybody for coming on the show. But remember to love yourself and the world will love you in return. But for now, we have to go. But you can follow us on Instagram at chris.and.will or you can go to our official website chrisandwill.com That's right. Tell your friends about us. We like new friends. We like new guests. We like to entertain. But for now, guys, we gotta go. So have a wonderful week and we'll see you back next week. Bye! Bye!